We thank you for your forgiveness, for your grace, for your love. We ask you to fill our, our hearts with your spirit as we sing more praises to you. Amen.
just to the sky Your righteousness Like a mighty mountain Yeah Your justice flows Like the ocean's tide Methodist. I hope you had a great 4th of July. We're glad that you're here with us today. We believe in five practices that we try to frame our announcements in, and you'll see the five practices on your screen this morning, the first of which is radical hospitality. We hope you were greeted on the way in. We hope you uh, got a bulletin on the way in. If you like to have the newsletter in your hands, we have a newsletter that comes out every month if you'll grab a newsletter in the back. We also have that goes out on our email. It's also on our website if you like to look it up on your device. Another part of our radical hospitality is we like to offer the opportunity for you to pray with our church. We have a Tuesday prayer group that meets every Tuesday. If you would like to share a prayer concern with that group, they'll meet on Tuesday morning and pray over your joy or your concern. If you'll please raise your hand, an usher will bring you a pencil and a note card. And if you'll just print legibly, uh, you'll, see, um, uh, you'll see that prayer concern prayed over on Tuesday. Uh, wonderful Wednesdays. Uh, is throughout the month of July, and it's part of our children's ministry, and Aaron Knight's going to talk about it. Director of, there it is, <laughs> Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I am excited that this Wednesday we will start our wonderful Wednesday program, which is uh, like a mother's morning out, a drop-off of your children where they can learn and worship and play and grow with us. Um, so it starts at 9 a.m. Just like for any program for children, you'll sign your kids in in the check-in station in the hallway and then um, bring them upstairs to the straight room. Um, it will be this week, all of July, and also August 2nd, since we have a late start this year. Um, do bring your kid wearing sunblock, because I would assume each week we'll go outside some. We're going to study the five practices, three of the five, um, through these wonderful Wednesdays. So this week is Radical Hospitality. So we encourage your child to bring a friend um, who may not have been to Memorial before. Uh, we also invite them to bring a picnic-style snack to share. Um, I'll have several in case we don't get a lot of donations, but I expect kids will be glad to bring something to share. And we'll um, first have some worship time on a picnic blanket and share our treats. But then we're going to serve others by going downtown and giving away free lemonade. Um, so that should be fun. Um, the next week will be Passionate Worship. Um, after that is Risk-Taking Mission and Service. And then August 2nd, our last day together, is Water Day. So um, 
we will play outside in the water and every kid's favorite thing of the wonderful Wednesdays of the summer, we will spray them with a fire hose in the back when we're to kick off the, or to um, close out the, the year of wonderful Wednesdays. Look forward to having you with us. Thank you, Aaron. We also believe in passionate worship. Part of that is giving our great volunteers rest. So you'll see different combinations of our band up here uh, that gives us so much time and energy and effort and talent all year long. Today we have Jimmy and the Jimmers as part of an a all-male group is leading us uh, in worship this morning. The choir in traditional worship will be getting a lot of breaks uh, this month. Uh, they give us a great deal of time, and uh, we, we want to celebrate them. Uh, I'm taking a couple of Sundays where I'm here, but I have um, uh, guest preachers, one of which is Fred Parker. Fred, if you'll stand, I'll introduce you. Fred is in our um, 11 o'clock service primarily. Fred's uh, career has been uh, taxes, taking care of your taxes. His office is on 29 uh, between here and uh, I want to say the Hardee's, the Burger King, and something else. What's that intersection over near where the Mary Lee and those live? You tell me where it is. <laughs> I'm not here to promote my business. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But he's also second career clergy, and he's retired uh, a United Methodist pastor who served churches in the upstate, and he's preaching in both of our worship service today. His wife is Debbie, and she's also in our 11 o'clock choir, and his sister is uh, married to Bishop Will Williman, who's uh, been here to preach, and we've also read a number of his books. That's right. You're, yeah, your sister married you to... Your sister. My sister. Yeah, Mary Dwell Willen. So uh, uh, if y'all welcome uh, Fred here today. We believe in intentional faith development, and I love it when we do this. It's near the holidays when we do it. Um, normally we have programming uh, in certain areas. We don't have it for youth tonight. Sometimes we have a Sunday fun night. We do not have it tonight. If you have um, peers or family, if you'll please tell them. Uh, it's close to the holiday. We'll do that uh, next time. One thing I will tell you about intentional faith, faith development is, we, is the Sunday Scripture podcast. It's a podcast I do each week, but for this past week, there'll be a new one up tomorrow. It's 15 minutes of talking about a particular passage uh, with two of my dear friends in ministry. Most of the time, it's connected to the Sunday message. It's a little different this Sunday coming up, but I encourage you to find that. It's the Sunday Scripture podcast. We believe in risk-taking mission and service in different ways that we can serve the community, uh, the state, the region, the nation. Um, the next opportunity is Parents' Night Out for Youth. It's July 24th from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Uh, youth will be taking donations to care for your children as you go out on a date somewhere in the Greer area, July 24th from 5.30 to 7.30. Uh, we also believe in extravagant generosity. The thing I'll tell you about that is a repeat from last week. I want to make sure as we have shifting um, participation in the summer, you can get qu emailed quarterly statements on your giving. Uh, it will help uh, Jimmy, our um, business manager, if you choose that, if you are that kind of person. You certainly don't have to, um, but it will help uh, Jimmy and Tiffany, our treasurer, if we have the most people possible take online statements by email. So that is plenty to tell you. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for this space. Thank you for the volunteers who made this space happen this week. Thank you for the, Fred, the um, participation that Fred has put in this week as he looks at the text that we'll hear today. Thank you for the opportunity to sing with one another. Wrap up all these opportunities for us, Lord. Help us to understand your message of forgiveness the significance of us understanding that not only are we forgiven, but we are called to forgive. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Fred Parker. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. 
and uh, I look forward to uh, preaching and sharing God's word uh, with you. But before I begin, I wear glasses. I left my glasses at home. Does anybody have a pair of 2.5 reading glasses? I can see you fine. Does anybody have one? 2.5 there's female, I don't care. I apologize. I'll correct that, Joe, before the first, for the second service. I'll get Debbie to bring those home. My mom has them here. And he I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and she says, you wait. How does that look? Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord. Amen. If someone asked me, and they did while I was preaching, I preached for about eight years in small churches uh, in South Carolina, the last one up at Campobello. I was over also at Welford. Uh, it's what they call local pastors. Uh, I, I call it kind of a part-time pastor, but I did have to preach every Sunday. And uh, I did enjoy uh, sharing with the congregation the, the word of God and the gospel and I see myself as not a condemning preacher, one who is telling you that you're going to hell, so to speak, or Hades, but I see myself as one taking scripture, the word of God, um, in the gospels and in uh, Paul's letters, and trying to interpret those scriptures so that you, the listener, may have a uh, something, just one thing, to take away to help you in your week, uh, because it is a difficult, difficult week sometimes, putting up with our trials and tribulations. This morning, I, I want to—I uh, don't know whether I have the name of my sermon, uh, but I call it a three-legged stool, and I see our faith, our church as a three-legged stool. And we all know that if you try, if you take away one leg of the stool, you cannot make it stand until you reattach that leg. So it is with our faith. Uh, and I will speak to each one briefly, uh, each leg briefly, but primarily focus this morning on Forgiveness. The first love it leg would be grace. We know as Methodists that we are saved by grace. We're not saved by our works. Paul said it best in Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Good works are what we do, and we need to do them because we have been saved. We feel, I feel obligated to do unto others as we would have them do unto us because of God's grace, not because it is something we need to do for salvation. Good works is what we do because we are saved and we want to do good. We want to feed the poor. We want to clothe the naked as Jesus commands because it is just something in our hearts that is telling us this is what we need to do because of God's grace. The second leg of our three-legged stool is love. And when, when we speak of love, and you read of love in the Bible, whether it be Corinthians uh, chapter 13, that you hear weddings about love, love is patient, love is kind, we're not talking, I'm not talking, Jesus is not talking about romantic love, that love that we, you felt when you first met that special someone that kind of made your heart go patter-patter. That's not the kind of love that we're talking about. 
We're talking about what the Greeks call agape love. That special love that Jesus over and over and over in the scriptures told us to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for your enemies. Now, don't get me wrong, and I'm right in there with you. Jesus asked us to love one another. But does that mean we have to like everybody? Do you like all of your neighbors? Do you like the ones with the barking dogs and the, rent and the trash in the yard? Do you like this person? No, you don't have to. And you can disagree with them. But Jesus tells us this morning to put away those petty differences and strive with God's help. And we do need God's help to love one another. Most of us have children. It's like a child that has disappointed you. You didn't like what that child did. But do you stop loving that child? No. It's very similar to that. God will not stop loving us because of something we did. The final leg in our three-legged stool is Christian forgiveness. Probably, for us humans, the hardest to accomplish. Now, I would like to begin this session on forgiveness by saying that one thing, all of Jesus' teachings were considered straightforward, simple statements. But, and this is a big but, all of them are very hard for us humans to do. For example, turn the other cheek when you've been hit. Pray for your enemies. We don't like to do that, do we? Love God more than your own family. Yes, he said that in the scriptures. Put God first, and all the love for everyone else will take care of itself. And I for, and, and uh, if your eye causes you to stumble in your strive for, through, in your faith, tear it out and throw it away. Love all, forgive all. These are all pretty straightforward statements that Jesus tells us that we should do. None of them are very easy, though. It has been shown, I think, throughout the ages that if you love others, if we forgive others, if we care for others, then our lives will be richer and more rewarding. And above all, our lives, our actions, will be pleasing to God. Now, I've selected a text this morning, and I'll read just the first two verses from Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Now, if you look at the King James Version, which this is not, it says 77 times 70. But we shouldn't get hung up with the differences in our translation. That's not the point. The point is that we, Jesus is asking us in the scripture to forgive, to forgive, to forgive. Jesus had been known to use hyperboles. In other words, unrealistic statements to make a point. The one we're very familiar with is, is it is easier for a camel to walk through a, the eye of a needle than for one to get into heaven. Now, a camel cannot literally walk through the eye of a needle, but Jesus is just simply making a point, as he is this morning. But Jesus is right. Forgiving others is difficult. It's hard for us to give once, much less seven times, or 77 times, or seven times 70. 
A well-known theologian says this, and I quote, forgiveness is not natural. It is not a universal human virtue. Vengeance, retribution, violence are more natural human qualities. So it is not natural for us to forgive. It's something that we have to learn. It's something that we have to obey through our scriptures. If we are serious with ourselves, we will admit that we are a get-even people, not necessarily a forgiving people. We want to, even on the movies we watch, the books we read, we want if someone, the good guy or the good person has done wrong, what do we want? We want that, per we want that person to get even. That's what we like. We all want to show payback, or I'll show you. There is something in our, the human DNA, that makes us want to get even and not to forgive. It's like an example I came across the other day that once was a pastor who quit and started medical school. His reason, folks don't want spiritual health, they want just to feel good. After practicing medicine for a few years, he quit to go into law school. His reason, folks still want to feel good, he said, but in the end, folks just want to get even. And that is what makes them feel good. And how true that uh, little example is. In our scripture this morning, when Jesus responded to Peter with the 77 times scenario, Jesus is telling Peter that forgiveness is not about the math. It's not about keeping score. Forgiveness is an attitude, a way of life. It's a matter of the heart. It's all about being a follower of Jesus, about being a Christian. It's the third leg of our stool. Without it, the stool falls. And the rest of my scripture is a parable. It continues on right after this, and I'll read it. You've heard the parable. But it's the parable of the, unfor un it's the, parable of the unforgiving servant. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw that he had happened, they were greatly distressed and went out and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the, that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he did owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Now it ends um, kind of tragically. It says that he was thrown into jail and tortured uh, for the rest of his life. I don't think, once again, Jesus uses hyperboles. I don't think that if you fail to forgive someone, as it's written in this parable, that you're going to be thrown into jail. So don't worry about me telling you that. But to summarize briefly this parable, the servant owed the king a great deal of money. The servant asked for mercy, and the king forgave him, and his debt and prison time was forgiven. And then the servant who was forgiven goes out and roughs up another servant who owed him money. God in his mercy and grace had forgiven us when he gave up his son on the cross. Now what do we do? We go out and can't forgive. We go out and rough up our fellow man. This is certainly not pleasing to God. Now let's, let's not get hung up with this parable or any other of Jesus' parables that don't seem to make sense to us in 2017. The point of this parable is that having a forgiving spirit is crucial to life, especially in our church, in this church. Yes, that means each and every one of us this morning in this room. Does it long, matter how long you've been a member? Does it matter how uh, the amount of money that you give? Nor the number of classes you've taught or your position. These are perfect, perfect examples of good works. But that doesn't necessarily mean that our safe salvation is near. In our epistle reading this morning, which I don't think we do here, but we will uh, do it in the second service, Paul is writing letters to the church in Colossae. And he wrote many letters to the Corinthians, to the Romans, to the Ephesians, on and on. And most of them were about how church members, not most, but a lot were how church members were supposed to act towards one another, how church members should treat one another. And I'll just lift up two verses. This is Paul. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Over and over again in Paul's letter to the early church, Paul reminds those churches how to act and to obey the teachings of Jesus Christ. And it still fits with us today. Every single word in the scriptures. Now you might be saying, okay, preacher, this is all well and good, but why are we being asked by Jesus, by God, by Paul, to forgive others of their trespasses? What is, going, what is it going to mean for me if I follow these teachings? After all, we humans are, in fact, selfish animals, and it's hard, it's hard for us to change. But if I do all these things, what's in it for me if I love, if I forgive others? If you are honest, you know the deal in churches. Someone doesn't speak to you in church, and you have the attitude, I'll show them, I'll never speak to them in church. Oh, my mother was not visited in a hospital. I cannot forgive that. I'm going to leave this church. My husband was sick at home for two weeks and no one from the church came to see us. The list goes on and on. 
We church folks can be really tough on one another. But Jesus is asking us just to be the opposite. Kindness, meekness, patience, humility, forgiveness. I came across this simple quote a while back in my readings, and I like it about forgiveness in the church. The fuel that drives the church is forgiveness. There is no gospel without forgiveness. There is no relationship to God without forgiveness. And I would add to that quote that there is no relationship with one another in the church without forgiveness. And there's no relationship with those that you deal with, your fellow workers, your family, if you do not have forgiveness in your heart. So this morning, what is it you cannot forgive today? We all have it. We all have that person, that situation that we have trouble getting over. Who is it this morning that you can't forgive? Who did you wrong? What's eating at you today that you can't let go? This individual deserves punishment. This individual that wronged me deserves justice. But Jesus is telling us today for, for, to forgive that person. Hard as it is, he may be right. He did wrong you. But he knows until you do, you are going to be the one who is persecuted. Someone once said that not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and waiting for that person to die. We take the poison thinking it's going to hurt the other person. But who, in fact, is suffering? We are the ones who will suffer. We will drink the poison and wait for the other person to die. But you might be saying this morning, all this Jesus stuff and Paul, but you don't understand. You don't understand what she did to me. You don't understand the wrong I received at work. I'm the one who should have received a promotion instead of John. No one is going to treat my child that way and get away with it. And that's probably the hardest thing in the world to forgive. When someone mistreats those you love, whether it's your spouse, family members, and especially your child. How am I doing on time, Joe? I'll be through in three minutes. I know you I know you had that, but okay, I'll be through in three minutes. Maybe you've seen the movie The Shack or read the book. It's a popular book. Um, Debbie and I started watching it the other night. I'll give it a three star at best, primarily because it was just such a long, long movie. I think it could have been shortened. And I was about to go to bed when, you know, I said, no, I'm gonna stick this out. See what happens. And I'm glad I did because the moral, the teachings there are worthwhile. To summarize, a tormented father was having trouble because his little girl, his eight-year little girl, was taken, kidnapped, and murdered. He had turned away from God. He was bitter, and he certainly wasn't forgiving. His question was, how in the world could, if God is love, how could he let that happen to my child? And it's still a very perplexing question today. Why does bad things happen to good people? In the end, he learned through three fictional characters in the shack who represented God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It was a long, tormenting process, but in the end, he was able to say those simple words to this person who took his little girl's life, I forgive you. And until that point, 
the healing and the grieving process could not have begun. But the father in this story could not do it alone. He could not do it by himself. He needed the Holy Spirit to guide him through and help him through this terrible, terrible process. So folks, this morning, forget about the math, seven times seven, doesn't matter. Let's begin to get today the process of forgiving. And that might, I might add, is to ask for forgiveness of, to someone that you have hurt. This is not easy stuff, but it is necessary stuff. In all likelihood, you are the one who is stuff suffering the most, not the perpetrator. Surprise that person. Tell her, I forgive you. We all know the 9-11. You may have heard of Lisa Beamer. She was the wife of one of the people who went down on the plane crash, the terrorist plane crash in the fields of Pennsylvania. Someone interviewed her one time. She said she works very, very hard to keep resentment under control. Forgiveness is a process, she says. She knows she can't do it all at once, but over time, she will. She says she is not going to let the terrorists take away anything else away from her because she will stop being resentful and she will live her life in the future for her children. My fellow Christians this morning, all this, is, all this about forgiveness is predicated on what happened 3,000 years ago, Jesus hanging on the cross a perfectly innocent, the most perfect person in the world, wrongfully accused, but he had to say, the will to say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. When we recite the Lord's Prayer in the future, let's be serious when it says, I and forgive us our sins just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Let's just don't give these creeds and these prayers lip service. Let's live out what we're saying. To be clear, those who have broken the law, God's law, or the civil law, must pay a price. But sometimes we want to play God and carry out that justice and that payback. Let God do the administering of justice. As it says in the scriptures, justice is mine, saith the Lord. Justice will be served, but we are not the ones who should be applying justice, the get even. This is God's business. Our role is on the forgivable, forgiving side. And let it begin today, not alone but with the help of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and with the help of your fellow church goers. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. If you'll please stand and join us in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated.
It's now time for our offering. Our business manager, Jimmy, is gone for the week, so we will not have a financial report in your bulletin. You'll see that next week. You will see instructions in the bulletin if you'd like to give online on how to do so, uh, but the plate will come by as well.
traveling all over this summer. We hope you do three things as you travel. Drive safely, mercy, have fun, and look us up online. We'll have all the stuff that you'll need if you miss a church for whatever reason. You can find our worship services. You can find the podcast throughout the week, and I hope you do so. Go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.